This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, and we are here on May 28th. Hopefully, you are enjoying your Memorial Day weekend, however you choose to spend it. We are not. Uh, but we are here for the Sunday edition of the CHGO Cubs podcast after the Cubs get swept at home by the Cincinnati Reds. And, you know, Brendan, normally when you and I come on, I think we like to have, uh, you know, lay out a structure. Here's players we want to talk about, trends we want to talk about, so that you guys kind of know what to expect and, and what to anticipate from the show. Not today. I think this one's going to be a, a little off the cuff here yeah. uh, because the Chicago Cubs, after winning a series earlier this week from the New York Mets, looking pretty, you know, I think overall solid in the process, swept by the Cincinnati Reds at home and now find themselves with the worst record in the National League, yeah. the Chicago Cubs in 2023. So... Uh, Brendan, I say structure be damned. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I'm generally like, this, this is a few years of this now. Like I'm generally pretty numb to being disappointed by this team. But the the current state of things, this is an absolute mess. This is a complete clown show yeah. at 1060 West We Hats. knew going into the year, a lot could go wrong and a lot could go right. It was very up in the air. A lot of these guys have track records of success. A lot of these guys are going through adjustment phases and a lot of these prospects are promising. But in that type of scenario, you have to accept the possibility that guys regress. Prospects don't develop at the pace you anticipate. And I think we're seeing that. And also, given that it's still early in the season, some randomness is going to happen. They've missed opportunities over the long term. You imagine a lot of those opportunities don't get missed. Just that's how baseball works. But it seems to be too late. And I'm sitting here again with you doing this again for yet another year. And I'm just disappointed. It's You can always try to figure out what's going on, what's going on. But at the end of the day, man, it's just like, ugh. Like, I'm exhausted doing this, Corey. And, you know, also for what it's worth, uh, this was not, you know, some of the scores uh, on the closer side, I guess, but this was not a particularly competitive weekend. And in all, you know, sort of, if you're putting it all together, they got the shit beat out (laughs) of them by the Reds at home in three games. They lost nine to nothing on Friday and then two straight eight to five losses. You gave up 25 runs to the Cincinnati You're working yourself up, I can tell. In three games. (laughs) Listen, yeah. I you always do this to again, yourself. I I generally would describe myself as fairly numb, right? I, I'm watching the game on Sunday earlier today, and I'm not freaking out with every pitch, right? Because I'm just like, oh, here they go again, yeah. right? Here comes the clown show from these guys. Uh, but when you sit back and look at it, and I, I tweeted something to this effect, what really stands out to me, right? And of course, you know, the, the natural caveat, right, that it is still technically early. And even as they sit of course. in last place in the National League, they're literally a handful of games from the division lead and a, and a playoff spot. Joe Girardi was talking <laughs> about that on the marquee broadcast before the game. I think they entered Sunday four and a half games out of first place. So literally, like, Literally speaking, factually speaking, mathematically speaking, they are technically they're still in it. They're right still in it, in it Corey. 
but that doesn't change the uh, fact, you know, that they are now eight games under 500 and again have the lowest number of wins in the entire National League. Yeah. So where where I land, right, is that this being an acceptable standard for Tom Ricketts, for Jed Hoyer, for Carter Hawkins, for the people in char- for Crane Kenny, the people in charge of this team. For this to be an acceptable standard going on three seasons now, right? Again, still May, almost June in 2023, but we've already heard about the short runway, right? If they're not picking it up, they're going to trade again at the deadline. We already know that. They're talking about it. For you to be staring three straight losing seasons in the face, three straight seasons, no playoffs, no wild card, no division, you have not won a playoff game since 2017. You have not appeared in a playoff game in a 162-game season since 2018. You can do whatever you want with 2020. They did win the division. They did make the playoffs. 2020 is what it is, right? So whatever, right? For this to be an acceptable standard, for people to fill Wrigley Field on a beautiful Memorial Day weekend here in the wonderful city of Chicago to watch another last place just horrific looking baseball team. I mean, they played awful baseball this weekend. The pitching was bad. The offense was bad. The defense was bad. It was all bad. For that to be an accepted norm, it's three years. Are they accepting it though? They're they're trotting it out there, Brendan. Yeah, but I mean like... They, they are tacitly accepting it because they're putting it together and this is the product that they have put on the field. Yeah, I... It's the expectations are different, right? Like the front office will be the first to say, and they have, and Jed has even come out and said, like these have not been the standards. They have not met the expectations. The bullpen specifically, Jed said, is on him and not on David Ross, right? They know this is not acceptable. Ownership knows this is not acceptable. It's Well, this is the product that your president of baseball operations is <laughs> continually putting on the field, Tom. So if it's not acceptable, you may want to step in and have a conversation and about that. Realistically, that could be a discussion we have in the not-so-distant future. Are we there yet? There's still, there's still, as you said, factual runway left. It At this point, would take an extreme to turn around the overall tone of the season, but it's still possible. But... For me, the expectations are high, and the front office does set it high. Now, some of the moves they're making makes that kind of questionable, but I genuinely believe that Jed set out to be competitive in 2023 when he was charting down a path three seasons ago in 2020. Well, I thought he even said, too, when he made that U Darvish trade, he expected that by 2023 right. that they would be competitive in his explanation of saying that the Darvish trade for for prospects, teenagers, did not align with his expected competitive Mm -hmm. timeline. Okay, so then he's just bad. So that's kind of where it's simplified. Right? Isn't that the takeaway from what you're saying? It is. And and it's like, you know. If your expectations are here and your performance is here. You're. uh, Listen, uh, Then you're not good at your job, right? Listen, and that's kind of where I'm 
leaning towards. You can get into the fine details, right? And at the end of the day, those fine details, you and I are, you and I are two dumbasses. Like, we don't know what the hell is going on on the fine details. Yeah. We are. So, like, I don't feel comfortable saying, oh, they should have done this and they should have done that and they should have done this. At the end of the day, we have no idea what we're talking about. But what we can see is kind of the proof, right? And obviously, ownership sees it as well. And it's not meeting anyone's expectations. And sometimes you chart a path and you play this type of scenario and it doesn't work out. You fail. It's not like an intentional failing. You just don't make it happen. And we're getting to the point where this is just not working. And I don't know what the path forward is if it's like tearing down the front office and and bringing in fresh faces. But at this point, Corey, like it's trending that direction. You're not seeing it work. I I think that ultimately, you know, one of the things I was thinking about earlier today is I think a lot of fans tried to understand what the supposed plan was, right? And, you know, whether they wanted to call it a rebuild or not, whatever their language was, a lot of fans tried to say, hey, I agree with them on the decisions relating to the last core. I think it's time to move on. I agree that it might take some time to retool the system and bring in new talent and develop new things, et cetera, et cetera. But to your point, right, like we're on year three here, right? Two and a half, I guess, but 2021 wasn't a serious. I mean, it's the third consecutive season. Third consecutive season. So ultimately, even if the plan made sense and you thought, right, and up to you whether you think that, our you know loyal listener, up to you whether you agreed with the plan or not. But it it has to pay results at some point. And one of the things that comes up a lot, like we can look at a lot of the moves that were good, a lot of the moves that were bad, et cetera, et cetera. I see a lot of this discourse on social media where, you know, someone will say, oh, the Cubs should have kept this guy or they should have gotten rid of this guy. You and me and other people on Twitter, I don't get paid to be right about that stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Jed Hoyer gets paid to be right a lot about that. Too. Carter Hawkins gets paid to be right about that. If their plan is going to work, they have to be right about this stuff. It doesn't matter yeah. if I liked the Trey Mancini signing or not. He's been horrible. I don't get paid to identify that stuff and be correct about it. All right? I'm some idiot on Twitter, as you just said. Yeah, you right? are. You certainly That's are. it. You know what I'm saying? I do. I I am not the one whose job is reliant upon getting those things right. And when you look at the full sum of things, some of the moves look good, right? Dansby Swanson has been great. He looks like the best signing out of that shortstop. Exceeding even my expectations. Your expectations too. Absolutely. Seiya Suzuki looks great. His overall numbers look great. Coming back from an oblique injury and still putting together the season he has thus far looks like a great signing. Stroman has produced. Stroman has looked really good. Justin Steele, their Turned development around, of him yeah. looks really good. Nico. They extended Nico. App. They extended Ian Happ, who looks great. Yeah, there's a lot those, of, those a lot are of like great moves. But then you start to look at the the misses, right? Trey Mancini has been awful. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Matt Clapp, pointed out on social media today that he's also running slower than Jan Gomes. So he's come into this season less athletic than he's ever been in his career. I don't get paid to identify that. And make sure that I've done the due diligence, right? That the player I'm signing is going to be showing and it's up. It's not in good the shape first time that's happened. And athletic. It is not the yeah. first time that has happened. Jonathan VR was the exact, exact same way. Exact same scenario. Right? Exact same scenario. Yeah. 
Eric Hosmer, pretty much nobody amongst the the Cubs people that I interact with liked that move. Maybe thought it was fine because he was basically free, but nobody wanted Eric Hosmer. Horrible. Nick Madrigal was horrible. Michael Fulmer has been horrible. Brad Boxberger was horrible before he went on the IL. Absolutely terrible, right? These guys. The list goes on and on. They made the decision to roster Miles Mastroboni, who has been bad. They let other guys go. Harold Ramirez hitting in the middle of the Tampa on base average. order. Zach McKinstry Same playing well for the 350 Tigers. 350 Woba. I reiterate, it's not about whether I wanted some of these guys. It doesn't matter if I'm right. There's no consequence if I say something and I'm completely wrong. The only consequence <laughs> is people on Twitter go, hey, didn't you say this? Sure. So what? Yeah. Right? Who cares what Corey Friedman said? Nobody cares what I said. Well, let's not ask right? about that far. Some people care what you say. My mom, my mom listening right now does well, care Well, your dad too. Yeah, yeah, my mom. Uh, I don't know if my dad listens, but my mom does. He listens to um, me. <laughs> but, but ultimately, we are in... Jed Hoyer has been in charge. This has been his team. Theo's been gone for years. At some point, you have to judge him on the totality of his work. You cannot continue to say, it's a long process. We're getting there. We're building towards the next great Cubs team. It's been three seasons. Yeah. Three wasted seasons where the standard, except again, tacitly accepted by the entire organization, is that this is just a last place loser organization that just loses and waits to get to the trade deadline to sell off their players for sometimes 18-year-old prospects that we may not see for seven years, Yeah, right? And some of those trades look fine too. Brent Brown looks absolutely like a steal for David yeah. Robertson, right? So I'm not saying that everything that Jed has done or the front office it's has done is It's not a black or white thing. But again, you start to look at this stuff and you have to say, hey man, I don't care what your position was coming into the year. A lot of Cubs fans accepted a lower standard. Let's just be competitive. I'm fine with that. You brought in Dansby. You brought in Tyone. That was another one that looks like a total disaster, right? Still time, that I didn't but yeah. even mention, yeah. right? But a lot of people accepted, hey, okay, if they're not World Series aspiration level, I just want them to be competitive. Maybe this roster can do that if enough things go right, right? And even that is not going well, right? They are the worst team in the National League as you and I sit here and record that. At some point, somebody has to be responsible for that. And it can't just be acceptable to keep moving the goalpost and saying, well, we're building toward it. It's part of this retool process. It cannot continue to be acceptable. Well, it's the same type of thinking. When we look at some of these pitchers and we talk about, oh, his command is off, the margin of error is so small when you face these types of hitters, it's the same type of thinking for these front office decisions. The margin of error is quite small. There's a pool of front office executives that are waiting to get an opportunity to take hold of a big market like this. And we're not there yet. Although, to be quite honest with you, I'm trying to, I, I personally might be there already. I'm fed up with this front office. I'm fed up with some of these. Uh, I'm, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm getting close to just clean house territory. Yeah, I want and, the, the, the manager gone. I want the front <laughs> office gone. I, it's early. And yeah. I, I also, before I, I let you continue, I don't mean to cut you off and, and Please keep talking. Do. But yeah. I do want to add, like, this is one of those episodes, we're recording this right after the Cubs just got swept by the Reds. Brendan and I, I think, like to think of ourselves as pretty pragmatic, rational, analytical. If I say something, I try to be able to back it up with factual evidence. I- I'm hot, 
Brendan's hot yeah. right now. So I, th- this is just going to be it's stuff one of those. spewing out. Like I don't know what's what it is. I don't know this what's going to come out of my mouth. This is an emotional, it just is. off the cuff kind of podcast. It is. Yeah. It is. And th- you pointed out a lot of the the plus, a lot of the good things going on, right? And a lot of the moves you and I talked about, whether it be Mancini or whether it be Tyone or whether it be Stroman and some of these signs and trades over the years, I understand the thinking process right? It makes sense what they're trying to accomplish. I am in no position to say this is the ultimate obvious way forward. That is the path they took. There's a degree of, of absence in terms of what could have happened, right? We always get the points of, well, what would you have done? What, what could have happened, right? I don't know, but it is to me unacceptable to have going into this season, presuming you're going to be competitive, to give Nick Madrigal third base opportunities. I'm sorry. I understand the thinking process of the current roster. You need a third baseman. Morrell might need to develop. Okay. I understand that. Same thing with Eric Hosmer. Matt Mervis needs to perhaps develop defensively, bring in a veteran. Okay. I understand that. I can understand what they're trying to do. It just didn't work. Right? right? So what are the alternatives? I don't know. You look around the league, and one of the voids as a fan that I felt for the past five years is we're not making the trades, dude. I look around the league. I see Tampa Bay. I see the Dodgers. I see these teams. I see Cleveland. I see them making moves, even Milwaukee, that I'm envious of. And I yeah. wonder, why Cardinals. are we not making those moves? Cardinals did it twice. Cardinals did it twice. And then I go back, okay, how did the Cubs become competitive in 2015? They hit on those very thin marginal traits. They hit on Pedro Strope. They hit on Jake Arrieta within the same deal. They hit on those uh, those pitching $6 million deals, the Scott Feldman deal, to yield that type of trade. They hit on those fine margins and coupled that with high percentile prospect development. It led to a World Series. They were at the forefront of making those types of moves. They have fallen behind significantly. I don't know the again, path here forward. we are again with the you know the fastball velocity thing we went through several years ago yeah right? and i remember too like you know first off like i'm always in a state of denial but i remember talking to people within organizations in 2018 and they're telling me dude like it does not look good for the cups i'm like oh don't you know theo is too smart for this to happen like i don't think this is going to happen it ended up happening and the, they fell significantly behind on the innovation curve and then i'm looking at the current form of this front office and there's a lot to like i always come on this show talking about the pitching infrastructure as if it's god's chosen form of baseball development right like i completely understand that it's interesting and a lot of it has worked out and you're seeing the fruits of their labor in the form of steel in the form of ben brown being a product of the robertson development and the michael Givens stuff and you see the bulk of it looks pretty good but at the same time now i'm looking at some of the recent failures and it's kind of it's it's puzzling why is keegan thompson's fastball command gone why is michael former unable to throw his cutter that he relied upon for even a little bit of success in detroit 
What is going on with Jamison Tyone, who's been a staple of consistency for six seasons? All of a sudden, he can't throw strikes. What is going on with Caleb Killian's command? He had a walk per nine of 1.5 batters per game, Corey. He looks worse than Tyler Chatwood. These are extreme measures, and I don't understand what's going on. And we can criticize the front office, criticize the players. We can criticize everyone because at the end of our discussion, you can always point to the facts, and it's not working. You're getting these weird, very unpredictable outcomes at this point. Some have been projectable, some have not. And the ones that were projectable, of course, didn't work. And the ones that were not really projectable, Keegan Thompson, some of the pitching stuff, it sunk them. It's sinking this team yeah. at this point. Yeah. It, you know, it's also, it's a good reminder too, like even if you think the process has been good in a lot of things, and I think in a lot of areas it has been bad, right? Yeah. But in a lot, you know, if, if you thought the process in terms of the moves they made, the path they were on, et cetera, et cetera. Also, the usual caveat, the two of us, we don't like to say it every time because otherwise we'd say it every show. Don't don't think you're off the hook here, Tom, right? <laughs> like th- somebody owns the team. Somebody made Jed Hoyer trade you Darvish to save money. Like somebody he also kept Jed Hoyer. Losses. That That's- was his decision. What? Keeping Jed Hoyer. That was ultimately oh, the yeah, owner's right, decision right. to yeah. keep this like, front Tom office. Tom is the one who controls the money. Like, so trust me, he's not off the hook. But if we talked about how often we thought that was the problem, it would be you know, a lot of shows. So of course, duh. Right. But even if you think the process is good in a lot of ways, like plenty of teams fire coaches or fire management because the results aren't good. You need the process to be good. That was what Theo always said, right? The process needs to be good. It's not always just about the results, but at some point year after year, if the results aren't there, that that's all that matters. We have to change the, the process. Their process is not getting it done. It doesn't matter if it looks like a good idea from the outside or the inside. NBA teams fire coaches that won a championship for them a year or two prior because they don't get results, right? I mean, Joe Madden. And they know that the process has been good, but it's cutthroat. If the results aren't there, you're out. And I, I think we're getting to the point where, you know, people in this Cubs organization might need to take things a little more seriously. Before we hit our first ad break here, I'll finish by saying that the way the Cubs have operated the last few off seasons, a lot of people like to frequently joke that they want to be run like the Rays or they want to be run like the Guardians. Brother, I wish they were run like the by those teams. The Guardians have won more division titles than they have in the last several years. The Rays are one of the best teams in baseball year in and year out. They want to be run like the Guardians or Rays. They're in competition with the Colorado Rockies right now for last in the National League. We should be so lucky that this team was run like the Tampa Bay Rays. People like to make that joke because of the payroll, right? But whatever they do, they get results. They take what they have, the resources they have, whether that's for salary, for development, for infrastructure, for technology, and they make it work. This Cubs team, this Cubs front office is doing the exact opposite of that. So... I just always thought that was a funny comparison. Boy, I wish they were run like those teams because yeah, those no teams kidding. have been more successful than they have. They're trying, they're trying to model that team and then do more with their budget. It's not, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish that were the case. All right, let me do this first ad break here. 
Uh, first ad break here from our wonderful sponsor, Goose Island. I need like 20 Goose Islands right now. I need to numb this pain. I'm already numb. I need to numb it even more. They have a phenomenal beer roster to do that. They have the Goose IPA. It's a six-time medal winner at Great American Beer Fest. It's always in style. It has a citrus aroma, a bold hop finish. They have the Tropical Beer Hug, a dry-hopped Imperial IPA. It's 10% alcohol. Okay, 10%. That's dangerously easy to drink. I need 10 of those right now, Corey. They have the 312 Wheat Ale. They have the Full Pocket Pilsner. By the way, all those beer bat chugs that Cody's been doing, they have been those Pilsners. I'm the one who told Cody to do that. I went to Chicago. I'm like, hey, don't use the 312 Ale. Those are great to drink, but I think you actually may enjoy the Pilsner a little bit more to throw those down. Cody's been chugging those things 10 seconds, 15 seconds. He may not chug another beer again because they may not win another game, but that's my call. (laughs) Grab ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park uh, or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer all right, another break here from our sponsor, a, our wonderful sponsor as well, Game Time. I will be using Game Time this weekend, Corey. They end up coming to San Diego to play the oh, Padres. Boy. I know. And if you're like any Cubs fan right now, you may not even want to go to games, but you know what? If you're like me, you end up doing it anyway. You love the pain. You love the disappointment. That's going to be me. I'm going to wake up Friday morning. I'm going to go on the Game Time app. I'm going to see... I know the best deal possible to get Cubs tickets. I'm going to go to the game on Friday night. I'm going to sit there in complete misery. I'm going to tell myself I'm not going to do this again. Guess what? Saturday is going to roll around. I'm going to do the exact same thing. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can snag those tickets without stress too with game time. Download their app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, use that code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. If you're going to watch the Cubs lose, you might as well get a deal on the tickets. Yeah. I think. Thank God I'm in San Diego, too. You know, I can enjoy the wonderful weather out here. Enjoy the weather. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's been raining. Great ballpark. Yeah, it's a nice yeah. ballpark. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's just keep this. Let's Back keep to those misery. Good vibes let's going. go. Let's go. What a, other bad thing do you a, want to talk about? Do you want yeah, to talk about twenty twenty four and how there's no hope, Corey? You want to do that next? We'll get there. Okay. Um, yeah. So here's the other thing, right? Uh, <laughs> their hear. upcoming schedule not exactly <laughs> going to get any easier, folks. So they have three. Yes. They welcome the Tampa Bay Rays, the oh, aforementioned yeah. Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, to Wrigley Field this week. The Tampa Bay Rays are, at this moment, pretty far and away the best team in baseball, so I'm sure that's going to go well. Uh, Then the Cubs head out for you know, what every team just yearns for every year, a 10-game West Coast road oh, trip yes. featuring the Padres, the Angels. I believe they are on track to face Shohei Otani, which, I mean, you want to Cody's our our betting guy. Cody and our friend Sean Anderson from the White Sox podcast over under 15 strikeouts in that game. I mean, good luck to everybody in that one. And then they finish uh, with the Giants. Uh, but that is a brutal, brutal run of the schedule here. Uh, starting, you end your home stand with the best team in baseball. 
and then you head out for 10 on the road. Nice. And mind you, there is not an off day on that road trip, not until after Ooh. they are done uh, with San Francisco on the 11th. They do have an off day on Thursday as they head out west, but all 10 of those games on the west coast back-to-back. So, Will they win a game luck, in the next two weeks? Pat Hughes always says, fasten those seatbelts, folks. <laughs> God. <sighs> what are we going to do, man? I don't know. Yeah. But also heard, uh, you know, saw reports on Twitter today uh, that Carter Hawkins had mentioned on the radio that Cody Bellinger is, you know, not due back anytime soon. Not due uh, back obviously, anytime soon. No. Oh, great uh, you know, news. Maybe another week or so. Maybe two uh, he more was months. obviously eligible to come back on Friday, so that didn't happen. So that's great. Nice. Um, it, it's it's just a mess right now, Brendan. I mean, we can pick any particular era, era, area. We can do an era too. Team. We can do an we era. We can do eras too. Yeah. And it just it it just has been a mess. Um, I think, you know, the one thing that, that does stand out in particular, right, is is those margin moves. I think that is where your immediate kind of ire goes to, just in terms of how bad they have been in a lot of these areas. Uh, Jamison Tyone is on a four-year deal, so that obviously has time to get figured out, and I think you were digging into some of why that has not gone so well, uh, but that has been a disaster. He's now 0-8. Uh, he is not 0-8, excuse me. The Cubs are 0-8 when he takes the mound for this team. Uh, Trey Mancini looks terrible, just genuinely oh, terrible. Yeah. Michael Fulmer, they've tweaked it. They've changed his role. They've changed the leverage. Doesn't seem to matter. He just doesn't seem to perform. Brad Boxberger, uh, was awful. Eric Hosmer was awful. DFA'd. He was granted his unconditional release, I believe, yesterday. Nick Madrigal is in AAA Iowa. That has not gone well. Miles Mastroboni has not been good. Uh, and all of that, you know, gets paired with on Friday when I was in the studio with Cody and Luke. Mike Talkman is your three hitter. And he's getting base work, hits, everybody. too. I mean, to his credit, sure, whatever. But fine. Yeah, I mean, like, great. Yeah, I know. But I think that's immediately where you go, right? Because a lot of the top portion of your offense, of your rotation, has looked good. And you brought in Cody Bellinger on a sort of prove-it kind of deal, and he had struggled in May, but the totality of his season was really good, much closer to the, the peak version with the Dodgers than the Valley version with the Dodgers. So you did have some stuff go well, but the bottom portion of this roster has been an absolute mess. And you look at the bullpen too. Keegan Thompson in Iowa on Sunday, getting this from our, our good friend Greg Huss from Northside Bound at Out of the Vines on Twitter. He was pulled in Iowa on Sunday. Four runs on four hits in a walk in just two-thirds of an inning. Michael Rucker uh, has not been good for the big league team. He's got a ERA sitting near five and a half. Brandon Hughes has come back, has an ERA sitting at 4.76. Yikes. You know what I mean? Like, we talked so much about how the Cubs were going to have to win on these margins. They were going to have to get good performance from their bench. They were going to have to get good performance from another cobbled-together bullpen, which Jed admit admitted the other day was not working. They were going to have to get good performance. <laughs> thank you, Jed, for admitting end. that. Yeah, thank <laughs> yeah. you, Jed. Oh, what man, a stand-up guy. Couldn't tell. Um, <laughs> the back end of the rotation, Hayden had to go down, right? He's yeah. young, but he had to go down. Drew Smiley has been a very pleasant surprise 
for you. Not maybe not surprised, but yeah. he's been very good, is what I meant. Uh, Jamison Tyone has been a mess, uh, and here you are. A lot of the guys you've brought up have not succeeded, and in terms of winning on those margins, the Cubs, it is an absolute, just acute failure. Oh, I mean, no doubt about it. You look at the number of guys they have in the lower tier of offensive value, not even considering defense, just their offensive value. There's only two teams that have more guys in the bottom 10th percentile of offensive production. It's the Rockies and it's the Reds who just swept the Cubs. The Cubs have Nick Madrigal, Eric Hosmer, Tucker Barnhart, and Trey Mancini all in the bottom 10th percentile heading into this series against the Reds of offensive value. Maybe it's even worse now. Uh, Maybe it's in the bottom 5th percentile at at this rate. But those are the types of moves that when you look at the top end of the roster, it sinks that top end of the roster because you look at Dansby Swanson's progression from a plate discipline angle. He's having the best season of his career offensively. He's walking more. He's chasing less. He's making more contact. The power has taken a slight step back, but still showcasing 20 plus uh, home run potential. Nico looks like the same exact guy as last year. Morrell is going to hit, you know, 60 home runs this year, despite whiffing that much. And Ian Happ has looked basically the same guy we saw last season when he was breaking out. Say Suzuki's hitting more power. The top tier is being brung down by those bottom level guys. And that's where I think my immediate ire goes to. But then again, Corey, those are not really what's getting me worked up because yes, what we, is getting you worked well, up? Well, I'm worked up. I've, I've always been worked up about that. I'm like going in a different direction now because now I'm looking at like, okay, well, what does the future look like? Is this salvageable even for the immediate next season? And there's still so many more things that have to be ironed out. There's a lot more baseball left at every level of this organization and even an entire free agent period and a trade deadline period, of course. But I look at what this team needs to do to avoid another lackluster season below expectations And it seems like a lot of the discussions we had going into this year are going to persist going into next season. And I'm a little worried about that. You see, obviously, the great production and development of like Pete Crow Armstrong. You see the high volume of pitchers this organization has. That gives me a lot of optimism. Ben Brown is mowing guys down. You see Cade Horton stuff looks phenomenal. You see a lot of high power arms within this system, and you see a lot of guys at the lower level who have offensive potential. But then I'm, start, I'm starting to think, okay, well, let's look at what's happened in the past year. Brennan Davis is going through a massive adjustment period. We may not be comfortable projecting Brennan Davis for next season. That's a big problem for me. We may not be comfortable projecting Matt Mervis for next season in a positive fashion. He may have to go through an adjustment period that, may be very uncomfortable as to be determined and then we're gonna have to well, go and, and that was one too where not just to interrupt you yeah. briefly like that was one too he didn't even play in the last two games of this series i mean yeah. what are we doing here i know he he has to adjust and i'm not sitting here saying he's been killing it right but you got to learn what you have here yeah. they're losing well, games with trey exactly. mancini out there for god knows what reason and they're not even getting mervis in the damn game i know what like what are we doing i know with some of this and so stuff? that that's like one of those like what's going on and of course we're uncomfortable trying to say you know this is the best path forward for matt mervis but i do look back i brought this up multiple times but i look back 
in August of last season, and we had this discussion, when will Matt Mervis be up? Is he going to be up at the end of August of last season? Is he going to be up in September? And then it clearly started to make sense that they're not going to do it because of 40-man reasons, and they don't want to crunch the 40-man. And I remember talking to our good friend Greg Huss, and I remember very vividly we had this conversation in September, and Greg sort of told me he may not make the opening day roster. I'm like, what do you mean? He's not going to make the opening day roster given everything we're seeing. It's like, yeah, well, the, you know, you have the, the, the 40-man stuff, all this stuff. I'm like, okay, that leaves me a little bit unsettled because we're kind of losing this opportunity to gain as much information as possible so that we can make better decisions about the exact time period in which we currently are and 2024. And we may not have the necessary information to make confident decisions. So I look yeah. back in last season and I'm like, okay, that may have been a missed opportunity. What did you gain 40 man wise? That is obviously overwhelming a Matt Mervis uh, development window. Is he not ready yeah. yet? I don't. I. I don't know. But I go back to those situations. I. I also think you know to that kind of larger point. Like one of the concerning things at the moment is that, and again, it, it's still technically early in this season. But like, I don't feel like you've learned that you're in a better place, right? I feel than worse. You were, I feel say worse. a year ago, right? Like. Remember, like when they bring in Dansby, like they did lose Contreras's offense, so it it's not as though you were improving necessarily upon that. You were more replacing, right? And that's not a one to one comparison, but you guys know what I mean. Cody Bellinger is a, is going to be a free agent and are probably traded. It might not even matter to us what his contract status is, but he'd be a free agent anyway. Marcus Stroman says that he wants an extension and to stay here, but they may trade him at the deadline yeah. too. So then you're in a position where once again, you are trying to ask yourself, how does this team get from the bottom of the National League to competitiveness or the top of the National League Central or the top of the National League? That's a tall, that's a pretty big bridge to try to figure out how to gap right a gap to figure out how to bridge. we get it we get it the cubs are all over the place man i'm just not i'm not with it today it's a big gap to bridge then you look at some of the stuff and then going back to bellinger and stroman if you trade them if you trade drew smiley drew smiley's been one of the better pitchers in your rotation you have to replace that if you trade marcus stroman you have to replace the top of your rotation right? If you trade Cody Bellinger, he's been one of your best offensive contributors. So then you start to look around and you say, well, hopefully PCA is in this mix at some point soon. You've got other guys that look interesting in the minor leagues, but they're not sure things. You'd have to learn about them. They'd have to come up. They'd have to adjust. They'd have to grow as major league players. The point being, you don't have that like 2014-ish feel from the Cubs farm system. There's great players in that system, no doubt. But that system at the time leading up to them being the second wild card in 2015 and winning the World Series in 2016, they had a crop of prospects. We're not even doing the bit today. Brendan didn't even flinch at that World I, Series. I got mention. that. Uh, We're not in the mood. There. You see that? Yeah. I did put that up. I had to. But you don't have that like, yeah, we might have four like rookie of the year contender prospects coming up next year kind of vibe right? You don't have that. You have some uncertainty. And then you look at the major league team right now as it stands, and you have a lot of runway, whether they're competitive or not for the rest of the year, to use that time wisely, right? To get some answers on some things. But 
do you sit here right now, Brendan, and say, you know what? This team is in a much better place than no. they were when they sold off at the last deadline. I don't know that they are. That And that's where I'm trending towards being even more sad because going back to the Madrigal and Hosmer stuff, like that was easily, you know, projectable. And this stuff we're talking about now, like it's it's kind of adding on that type of disappointment because I wish we did know more. I wish we could get a more rapid development of these, you know, prospects. But this is the nature of this sport, man. Like when Darvish was traded three seasons ago, Reggie Preciado was leading that package and Owen Casey's by all means is tearing it up in double A, you know, power off the charts, still striking out in almost half his at bats problem there. But Reggie Preciado has really struggled to get it going, man. He, right now he's a weight on base average of like 210 in able, right? So this is the nature of relying on those types of developmental timelines. In, well, this was always the concern. It was always right? the concern. Rebuilds are no rebuilds are no sure thing, right? And I and I don't say this because I take joy in it happening, but you look across town, right? And that's a good example. The the White Sox right now are worse than the Cubs. This was yeah. supposed to be the sort of peak years of their rebuild. Again, I don't say that to because I, t- I I don't care whether they're good or bad. It doesn't make any difference to me. They don't play the Cubs more than a few times a year. I say that to illustrate relying all of your prospects are not going to come up and hit they're not all going to stay healthy they're not all going to be successful at the right time like it happened for the cubs in 2015 and 2016 that is a very lucky circumstance the The astros did a similar thing but they have excelled in development and and signing players and moving on from players at the right time, the ability for that organization to go from Carlos Correa to Jeremy Pena, right, and win another championship, that's how you sustain those things. The Cubs have failed at that, sustaining things. Yeah. So when you, the, the danger with this path, even if a lot of us were like, okay, sure, like I can see it, I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, I think some of this prospect sounds process sounds and looks good, the danger with relying on trading guys at the deadline and loading up on young prospects is that it doesn't always work. And more often than not, it doesn't always work. The Brennan Davis thing is a perfect illustration of that. He had a freak back injury that he had to get surgery on, and then he lost a year, right, of lifting weights and being in baseball shape and all of that, and now is doing his best to play catch-up, right? But stuff like that just happens, man. On the other side of town, Eloy can't stay on the field. It's the same thing. You cannot just look at these guys as a prospect and what their future might be and snap your fingers and boom, there it is, right? It doesn't always work out that way. And even the core of that last Cubs team, they were good and successful and healthy for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. If they were all still on the Cubs, it wouldn't still be working. Yeah. Right? Like, that was always the danger with this. And it's a path that Tom, I think, sort of forced them on, right, with the financial situation, also due in part to Crane Kenny, right? They run the business side, so it's their responsibility. But Jed went down this path. He made the calls to trade certain guys. He made the decisions to bring in certain prospect packages, choose prospect packages over the others. 
this was all this is always an associated risk with that particular line of decision making and as we said kind of comparing them to the rays or the guardians they are not excelling in those other measures to make up for their failings in some of these areas yeah i don't i don't see that they will I don't have confidence that they will. I don't have confidence that this front office is capable of excelling in those areas. Where have we seen that in the past almost, what, six, seven years now? Where have we seen that? I have not seen it. How can we project that going forward with confidence? How can I be confident that 2024 and beyond is attainable for obvious competitiveness? I can't. So as a result, how can I back a front office that has gone through some very significant failures and some of those guys in the front office, including the very same president that's part of the failures of the last front office, is leading the charge. I can't feel confident about that. And again, I keep saying this, there's still runway left. We're fans, I, will ch- I could change my mind, right? But as I look at the season and going forward, I need obviousness. I need that feeling as if it's unlikely to go in the negative direction. We had that feeling in 2014, 2015, given the high volume of guys, given the recent track record of Dio's front office being more of like an executive market inefficiency type uh, front office that excelled in that era. I don't see that now. And I Again, I just I, I talk to certain folks within the game and you hear things and it doesn't inspire confidence. And then I see what's going on at the major league level and like, dude, like, you know, you've missed on Delscaso, you missed on Eric Sogard, you missed on Jonathan, I know, you missed on Jonathan VR, you missed on Trey Mancini, you missed on Tucker Barnhart. How many times will you miss on these depth free agent? signings and what is the process going behind the scenes to get to that point and then on top of it a little concern of what's going on at the pitching side at this point although they do deserve a bigger leash and more confidence given the bulk value they've produced but at the same time you know there seems to be a trend at least initially of getting pitchers within the organization and getting them to a point of comfort for example, Stroman last season, not good for the first few months. They tinkered with his fastball sinker, ultimately did not work out for Stroman using that forcing fastball. It went back to what made him successful as a Blue Jay. That got him to the point of making $70 million, throwing those sinkers predominantly. You saw that with you, Darvish, when he came over many years ago. I don't know if you remember the score. He had this like weird mechanical like double leg thing he couldn't find his mechanics they had difficulty getting him to a point of comfort ultimately what changed for darvish was you know what screw it i'm gonna throw my slatter a third of the time and you didn't see those weird mistiming mechanics by the time he was traded for prospect teenagers now with jameson tyone michael fulmer you're seeing, and you can throw even like Daniel Norris in this mix, which is fine because they didn't really invest that much money in him, but you bring these guys over and specifically aiming at Fulmer and Tyone, they can't miss on those guys 
because you're investing money in those guys. You can miss on like the Daniel Norris. Those are fine. You're paying the minimal value, but you cannot miss on Strowman. You cannot miss on Tyone. You cannot miss on Fulmer because those are guys that you're giving significant roles to. And right now, there's an uncomfortable adjustment period with Tyone and with Fulmer that is quite literally sinking this season. And those two areas are significantly changing their pitch mix. And again, I like the aggressiveness in general, right? This is not saying, oh, screw the pitch lab, all this stuff. Absolutely not. But at the same time, you do have to tinker with some of your processes and you look at Tyone, you look at uh, Fulmer, and both those guys, suddenly their main dominant pitch type has lost command. You look at Tyone, it's been that fastball, leaky fastball over the middle of the plate. The sweeper looks great. Cutter looks good. Movement's good. It's a fastball command. You look at uh, Michael Fulmer. He led with a cutter. The cutter command is terrible this year. He also developed a sweeping slider. You're losing a feel for that pitch. You look at Keegan Thompson, all of a sudden, Keegan Thompson, when he developed the slider last season, lost command of his fastball this season, and he's leaking that over off the zone now. So, you know, it's like those types of situations where you understand the process and, you know, for all intents and purposes, it, it should inspire confidence, but it's not working. And I don't know, like, is it worth tinkering with these guys when you devote such significant contracts to 70 million for Tyone and 4 million for Fulmer and a back end spot? Man, like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, before we hit our last ad break here, uh, you know, just sort of furthering uh, the the great vibes we've got going here. This is uh, one of like this Cubs, is one of the most depressing episodes we've done, huh? It's not great. I mean, I'm thinking of the ones we've done. Not to cut you off, but like Darvish is up there. Uh, the 2018 fiasco. Rizzo, Whew, Rizzo was a bad. I think one. when they traded Rizzo was yeah. yeah. When I were hot. Rizzo, yeah. Darvish, 2018. Those are probably the main ones. Joe, the Joe Madden stuff and the Cardinal stuff in 2019 was pretty bad too. But I would give this one well. And yeah. you know, uh, you know, Brendan. Like again, I get it, and I'm sort of being cheeky, but it's good that uh, you know. After they made those trades in 2021, it's not like the Cubs have needed uh, a a good player at first base. They've gotten great production out of that, and Anthony hasn't been any good. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, I got that backwards. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. The Cubs have been one of the worst producing teams in the league at first base, and Anthony Rizzo is aging gracefully like a fox, a key member of the New York Yankees. Yeah. Uh, so just all around bang up job there. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave you with this before we hit our last ad break. After the Cubs swept the Oakland Athletics in Oakland uh, on April nineteenth, they were eleven and six. So you can do the math. Uh, they are twenty two and thirty now. That would be by my math, Brendan, eleven and twenty four over the last thirty five games. Good. That is pathetic that is a total joke of over a month of baseball where this team has been playing deservedly like one of the worst teams in baseball just an absolute disaster top down I mean yeah it's when you put it like that it (laughs) man it's just it's hard it's hard to be excited about like you know the path forward it really is but let me do this ad break here before we get too much deeper in this just great vibe that we have going on. Uh, sponsor here, Foco. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. 
You want Cub slippers. I need slippers. I need some comfort right now. I think I may get some more of those slippers. It is baseball season. I guess that's unfortunate at this point. But if you still want to go out to beautiful and historic Wrigley Field, get some Aloha shirts. Get some straw hats. Protect yourself from the sun. You need some bags to carry some of your Wrigley Field items. Go to Foco. They have everything you need for a game. Also, they've given us a lot of bobbleheads. Hayden Wisniewski bobblehead looks pretty cool. You can go to their website, get similar types of decor bobbleheads if you're into that. Check out foco.com. Click the link in the description of this episode below. And for all non pre sale items, use that promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right, last ad break here from our sponsor, Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays has the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, if you throw your sunglasses at the wall when Fulmer blows another game, guess what? You can even on day one, get a brand new pair back from Shady Rays. They told us they will send you a brand new new pair, no questions asked. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is also providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair. Return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. The Cubs do not have our backs. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try them for yourself. The shades rigged five stars by over 250,000 people. There's also a Memorial Day sale. Shady Rays Memorial Day sale is live right now. Go to ShadyRays.com. Get 35% off all sunglasses. Try them for yourself. Again, the shades rated five stars by a quarter million people. Look at that, Corey. You look, you look, you look stellar. You look, you look as cool as Dansby Swanson. Five stars for me. Five stars for Corey. Yeah. I don't have as good a hair as Dansby Swanson. I know. I know. He got a haircut, by the way, and then he started losing games. Maybe it's Dansby's hair that's causing this problem. I don't know. Brandon. I know. I I just don't know. I like I said. I mean, I I I waver between being angry and just being numb. Ultimately, and I think you know. Again, I I, I read that line. You know, in their last thirty-five, uh, eleven and twenty-four. If I have my math right, and I probably don't, but you know, you guys know the deal with that. It's close. It's something like that. Yeah, it's bad either way. That's just awful, man. That that is truly, truly awful. Um, and. You know, I think there's a lot of discussion between like David Ross, Jed Hoyer. A lot of people want to find who am I mad at, right? Like who who deserves the the brunt of my anger? Who is it, Corey? Here? Who is it? I think it's both of them, right? Like I I think you can have a feeling, right? You and I were talking with uh, our our good friend friend of the program, Dr. Ryan Tomier, uh, earlier Tomier. today, and. Yeah. You know, he was discussing like the true talent level, right? And that 
kind of looking at this roster and especially earlier in the season, some of the performances they got, like not feeling like they're this bad, right? 11 and 24 over a 35 game stretch bad, right? And I think a lot of people would then take that and go, okay, well, then it's probably the manager, right? Like, if you believe the talent on the team is better than the performance, like, that's sort of the manager. Sure, I I think that's part of it, right? Like, I don't think David Ross has been very good at this. I think some of his lineups, the lineup on Friday, as I discussed with Luke and Cody in the pregame and ultimately the postgame after they nearly got no hit, an absolute joke. Just a completely, just a joke of an effort from a team trying to stay afloat in in a race here, right? Some of his bullpen decisions, et cetera, et cetera. But you got to look at the roster, right? We just talked about so many of these guys that aren't performing. Like at some point, that's not, David Ross didn't construct this roster. So I think if you're looking for one person, if they end up actually making change and saying, hey, this is unacceptable, we have to change things, you guys know how it goes, right? David's going to get it first. He's going to be the first that gets scapegoated because Jed's not going to fire himself, right? If Tom says, hey, this is no good, right? We're not selling out enough games. Uh, I think over the course of this weekend, and maybe this whole homestand, the only game that they actually hit 40,000 fans was Sunday. And it's Memorial Day weekend, right? So people want to be outside. It's nice in Chicago, et cetera. If he says, you got to do something, we got to send a message like that this can't keep going on, David's the first one that gets it, right? Or like the hitting coach or something like that. You know what I mean? We've seen that before, right? But if you're looking for like actually like, hey, let's step back and say who is responsible for this team being where it is, it's everybody. It's everybody. And it's not just Jed and David Ross. It's Tom and Crane as well. It's the people that run the team. It's you too, Corey. What did I do? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? It's not they have you. A good re- right. They have a good You're record right. when I go. You're right. You're right. It's not It's not you. I'm sorry. I'm in a bad so mood today. I'm doing all that I can. Yeah. My memes are on point. They are. I'm going to lose a little bit of material when Succession goes off the air later this evening. Well, you're stealing my content. I'll figure it out. That Nico and Dansby content is mine. Get off well, that It was content. a Pat Hughes quote. Anyway, I don't know. I don't feel good about the state of things. And I think, you know, like I said, I think a lot of people, um, it, it really is summed up. Cody tweeted out this this picture, I think, which was from, uh, you know, I, I don't even remember what it was from, but uh, it's a, a famous viral image that somebody holding a sign that says, our expectations were low, but holy fuck. And that's like where I, I feel like I'm at with this organization. You and I, the entire CHGO team, I think Cody went a little more optimistic because he wanted to be more optimistic. But if you look at like our predictions from Ryan, Luke, Cody, you, me, Jared, I don't I don't think most of us even picked them for that last wild card spot. I don't think any of us picked them to win the division. I don't think any of us picked them to win, uh, you know, over no. 90 games. I think most of us picked them to win 83 or less, 83, right? 84 yeah, or less. 90. So it it's not as though we like believed this was this great group. Like we, we really tried to have measured expectations and say, you can go back to all our early podcasts and our preseason podcasts. I never said this team was going to win the World Series. You never said that. We just said, maybe if things go well, they can be competitive. That was literally the threshold that we were holding this team at. And that that bar 
for this organization, for how much money this organization rakes in and how much they're worth, is underneath the floor. And this team is doing a limbo underneath that bar. Somehow, underneath that bar, they are flying under it. it it's a joke. It, yeah. it, it's just, it, it is a joke, the product that is being served to this fan base at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how this ends like well for Chad. I think an extreme situation has Can to I happen. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So let's say, let's let's say that Tom right is a believer in what Jed told him this process would be. Right. Yeah. He sort of starts it by saying, "Hey, we lost money in COVID, right? Uh, and we got to cut some money." And then Jed tells him, here's my plan, right? I'm going to trade these cornerstones of the franchise, icons of the franchise. Here's my timeline. If that's the premise, how long do you think Jed actually has before this team needs to provide results, right? Because they're they're in last place in May in year, call it three or two and a half of this process. How long do you think, if Tom is serious about it, Jed actually has before this needs to be better than what we're seeing. I think tr- by the end of 2024, there should be a very clear idea about the state of this franchise. I think by the middle of next season, it should also be clear. I think we'll have a decent idea, maybe not crystal clear, by the time free agency is over for this next offseason. I think Jed probably has one more season at this. Corey, before the front office or before the ownership group starts questioning the path forward. And that's why I think given where they are right now, a lot has to go right. If I'm betting on what happens, it's hard to see this turning around in such a quick fashion. Then again, then again, you look at some of the good things that have happened and you can see, okay, if let's say the pitching, high volume, high strikeout guys do come up. Ben Brown, Jordan Wicks, Hayden Wisniewski, they enter a group of Jamison Tyone regaining his command, and they have Justin Steele performing this well. You can see, okay, well, the pitching's stable. And then on top of that, you do get some better... uh, luck and fortune in the form of having better depth with Dansby and Nico and Hap and Seiya and PCA comes up. And the, the state of the roster looks pretty good, right? I'm not sure that's going to be enough. And that in and of itself is kind of a difficult ask at this point to have those pitching guys give you immediate value right out of the gate because we've seen it. It's not always the case with someone like Steele and for Hayden Wisniewski. So that's why I'm like, oh man, I don't know anymore. I don't I don't really see this being obviously good for next season because the early goings right now are pretty bad. Like really, really bad. And it's hard to envision it, envisioning it turning around, although as I said, it is still possible, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess I ask, because you know, in, in the same conversation that you and I were having earlier, like one of the things that I sort of thought of was, you know, everybody likes to say, right, like that, you know, nobody in the organization cares because people still go to Wrigley Field. They still make their money, et cetera, et cetera, right? But they'd rather it be full 
all the time. And when the team is really good, it's full all the time, right? They can charge whatever they want for beer and merch yeah. and hot dogs. They sell more merch. They sell more tickets. They get more people subscribing to Marquee. You're incorrect if you think that the business model isn't better if the team is better. But the premise I kind of laid out was if Tom's goal, a lot of people suggest, right? We never will really know the answer specifically, uh, but they suggest that Tom would be fine if the team was just competitive all the time. Never a juggernaut, never bad, but always in the mix for the division, always in the mix for a playoff spot. You know, maybe you sneak a championship in there, you go for it at a particular deadline, et cetera, but that he would be happy as long as the fan base is convinced every year there is a legitimate chance that this is a winning team and they're in it playing meaningful games, whatever that means, in August and September, right? Jed's not delivering that. Yeah. This is going to be three straight years where that is not what is being delivered. So the thing I start to wonder is even if that is Tom's belief. You think I don't know. it could be this year? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just asking. I'm yeah. just saying, like, even if you subscribe to the belief that Tom doesn't care if this team is Dodgers-esque, right? Just winning the division for 10 straight years, just spending as much money in the world to be the best team in the league every year, right? Even if that doesn't always translate to playoff success. Um even if you subscribe to that belief that that's fine with him, as long as the fan base believes and that September series against the Reds is sold out because it has some consequence, right? They're not getting that. Yeah. The last few years, July, done, yeah. right? Last year, it was what, June? <laughs> last year, June, Cody and Luke were trying to have them avoid losing 100 games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just wonder... Like, I don't know what the pressure is. I don't know what the feeling is on the organization, but they would make, they make a lot of money now and they might be fine with that. Even if the team is bad, they would make more money if the team was good, right? That's pretty simple. And they are not, Jed is not delivering that product of even baseline competitiveness. And, you know, bro, like, man. Do they, I mean, does this whole thing like hinge on Shohei Otani deciding to come here and them actually ponying up a billion dollars to get him or whatever it might cost? Well, then there's like the uh, the consequences of another losing season, right? Like you look at what Dansby Swanson was saying and you have to trust what he's saying. And one of the driving forces was at the time the expectation of winning games pretty fast. So if there's any type of breaking in that philosophy or expectation that the team is not good enough for 2024, Shohei's going to have the world at his fingers. If he's going to be offered even just a little bit more or less for a different team that's obviously competitive, why pick the Cubs when you're going through this type of huge uncertainty phase? I certainly wouldn't. Although I probably it's would. A tough pitch. Tough pitch coming up for Seiya Suzuki, yeah. hopefully, in this offseason. He's going to have to put on his, you know, marketing. Can we bring you Darvish back? Spin this. He's been uh, a great— we need, we need Theo in those virtual yeah. reality goggles they gave to John Lester. God, or whatever I miss you, Darvish. To get him. I miss yeah. you, Darvish. And John Lester. Oh, man. man. You want to keep this rolling for another hour? Let's Just do it. See what we can crank Let's out? Let's do it. I'm surprised um, you didn't mention the Tucker Barnhart, John Lester thing. It brings me no joy to tweet that. 
<laughs> but kind of this does. is now three it straight kind of seasons does. that I've been able to do it. Yeah, our, our, our friend of the podcast, uh, who I mentioned already, great, great prospect guru, Greg Huss, yeah. tweeted out, you know, a gif of, I think it's Spice Adams, kind of like this, <laughs> right? Like any, anytime anybody right. hovers around a 47 WRC plus, I'm all over Who was the last one to, to, to deserve your tweet comparison? Sogard. Oh, jeez, man. I'm almost positive. I didn't look, but I am almost positive it was Eric Sogard. But yes, in case you are curious and it's something that you'd like to know, I have tweeted this, I think, the last three years. When a player becomes eligible for said tweet, yeah. uh, I like to compare when a player that the Cubs pay to not only hit, but hit as part of their job has worse numbers than 2019 John Lester. And yeah. on Friday, we got to that point with Tucker Barnhart. John Lester in 2019 had a 46 WRC plus and a 246 weighted on base average. He had one homer and six RBIs, a 188 batting average, a 264 on base, 292 slug. Tucker Barnhart in 2023 has a 44 WRC plus. Uh, this was on Friday. 236 weighted on base average, zero homer, so one less than pitcher your John math, Lester. Your math is correct, yes. Uh, three RBIs, so three less than pitcher John Lester, okay. and a 179, 288, 196 slash line, so a lower OPS uh, as well, uh, and 53 plate appearances for John, 66 for Tucker. So a pretty fair comparison. Yeah, I think And I think look, so. there, there's no two ways about it. John yeah. Lester, the better hitter. He had, I always tweet this. I always tweet that with no editorialization no, on my end. No. It always ends with, do with this information, yeah. whatever you want. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. I get so many replies. I get so many replies yelling at me for various things, right? I'm like, I didn't say anything, yeah. right? These are just numbers. You can interpret them however you'd like. Yeah. I love John Lester, right? Maybe it's a tweet praising John Lester's offense. Yeah. You, I don't know. Yeah. Take it however you want. Yeah. The real moral of the story is that Tucker Barnhart stinks, and that two-year deal is just an absolute mess. Some yeah. of those decisions, like the, the two-year deal for him, isn't Fulmer on a two-year deal? Mancini. Like, like what bad. are we doing there? Oh, man? is Mancini. Maybe yeah. no, is Mancini's two, no, Mancini's two years. 14 Right, middle. I know Mancini is, yeah. yeah. I think Fulmer has an option. Just bad. It's bad just process. really bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no, uh, Michael Fulmer's one-year deal. So. All right. Phew. <laughs> bad. I don't know, guys. Uh, yeah, I, I just really don't know. Um, yeah. It's disappointing, I think, is is ultimately where you land. Um, this team is is too valuable to be in this position. They, they need to either be the team that is outspending everyone and going nuts, and sometimes that doesn't always work, right? Like the Mets have struggled, the Padres have struggled in the early going here. That's not, you know, a, a gangbuster solution, but they tried, <clears throat> right? Yeah. And you either, so they either need to be spending all the money that's coming in, or they need to just be killing it it's, on their development, their infrastructure, their, you know, player personnel, all of that stuff. Yeah. And they're just not doing that. They Right now, this is a, I, I was going to say this is a middling organization, Brendan, but that feels generous. Yeah. In, they're, everybody's better than them. Yeah. Like when you come into the season, everybody makes fun of the way that the Colorado Rockies are run. The Colorado Rockies are better than the Cubs right now. So yeah. what are we supposed to say? My expectation, fair or not fair, the Cubs should be the best run organization in the entire world. 
if that's not my expectation, why do I even follow this team? So I hold them to that standard as a fan. Is it fair and rational? No, but my expectation is I want to be the best every single year. And when you're missing the mark significantly like this, to me, it's not acceptable. Whether it's in the form of spending or development, I don't care. That's not my call. I'm not going to try to infer what the best path forward is, but you need to be the best. That is a standard as a fan I hold this organization to, and it is beyond obvious. They're not even approaching being a top-tier organization. They're in the middle, as you pointed out, perhaps even the bottom end. Where is the innovation? Where are the winning trades? Where is the obvious feel this team's in a good position? It's not. It's disappointing. It's unacceptable. They're not doing a good job. These are generalities, and it needs to change. That's in the form of new front offices, new coaches, new players. I don't give a damn how it's done, Corey. This is not good enough. You deserve better. I deserve better. The city of Chicago deserves better. My relatives deserve better. My multi-generational Cubs fan family deserves better. We deserve better. This should be the best run organization in the entire world and is anything but that. You know what really makes me sick because it was his birthday on Saturday? Hall of Famer Pat Hughes I know. deserves Disgusting. better than calling Disgusting. this level of baseball. Come on. In front of Pat, you're going to yeah. play like this. You're going to get swept by the Cincinnati Reds on Pat's birthday weekend. <sighs> Thank God He's a for Hall Pat. of Famer. Thank God for Pat. That's all I got to say, man. <laughs> no, I think that's well said. I, yeah. I think, again, we can get into the weeds and 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 I I'm do. Sure. God knows I, I do. I know it's... Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure it's happening in my Twitter mentions and Cody's Twitter mentions and yours and the CHGO Cubs mentions, friend of the podcast, Matt Claps mentions, who are the biggest dumpster fire on social media if you're ever <laughs> looking for a good time. Um, why Matt gets that, I don't know, but he just does. Um, we can get into arguments about who's right, who's wrong. You it's said exhausting. the Cubs should do this. I said the Cubs should do this. I don't know what the Ultimately, hell they should do. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We're all just people watching the game. And I would remind everybody when you're getting angry at people on social media or whatever, or watching this podcast, I don't know. Like, we all want the same thing. If you're here, if you're on Cubs Twitter, if you're at the games, we all want the same thing. We want the Cubs to be good. And ultimately, none of us have the responsibility or the authority to make that happen. We're all just along for the ride. So... Whoever you think is at fault, whether you don't think it's at fault, whether you're like, no, this rebuild's going totally fine, we'll be good in a few years, this is how I paste it all out, whatever you think, right, this should not be acceptable to you. For a team that is worth what it is worth, for what they charge for tickets, for what they've done in the neighborhood, which as a resident, I do love, but they spent a lot of money to build up this area and change things and bring in more business. They're adding to Wrigley Field a sports book that a lot of people, for whatever reason, or have very strong opinions about. Like, for everything that they've done and everything that this organization represents, this is not good enough. Being in conversations about which players you're going to trade every July for three straight years is not good enough. Yeah. 
being at the bottom of the National League, being at the bottom of the National League Central in such a wasted year. This is such a wasted opportunity. This division sucks. It sucks. And you're sitting here letting it just pass you by. You're going to let the Cardinals waste a month of the season. They're going to get hot, and they're going to waltz right to the top of that division. We all knew that was going to happen when they played well against the Cubs, yeah. right? But where, however you think about all this, this is not good enough. This should not be a year-in and year-out bottom-of-the-barrel team. It just shouldn't be the way that this organization is run and— whether that's all the way at the top, the manager, the president, the owner, wherever, this is not good enough, and it cannot be an accepted standard for this organization. But it has been for going on three years here. So Yeah, I mean, these owners, too, they take advantage of you. They take advantage of me. Because you know what? I will be doing this podcast again with you next week. I will be going to these games. And I know a lot of fans from other sports teams in the city, same thing with the Bulls and the Bears. And Ryan Storff has even said, I don't need to be super competitive because I know my fans are going to show up. We get taken advantage of, man. My grandfather for 70 years got taken advantage of all the money we've spent on this team. And you know what? We're going to keep doing that. And that's unfortunate. We deserve better than this. That's where we, we have like a do we have like a, a clown filter we can put on? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I you know, we we just do. Um and that's the state of things. And you know, I mean, even in the short term, I saw some of this discussion on social media. Like I, I really would like to see some fire from this organization or this group. And I don't even know if that's like a, you know, players only meeting or a Jed Hoyer press conference or people getting fired, whatever it is. But like some of the games earlier in the year, they were close, right? You lose a close game, a reliever has an off night, whatever. You were in the middle of playing pretty well. It's fine. This was a disaster of a weekend. They're kicking the ball all over the field. The Reds offense looked like the reincarnation of, you know, I don't even know, like the 2002 Reds. like uh, yeah right like it's like prime Barry Bonds is the only person on the Austin team. Kearns is out there in every position yeah oh. I I mean the the Cubs have three errors on the weekend compared to a clean slate defensively from the Reds they're getting thrown out on the bases they're making tag up mistakes they're making errors they're giving Wild up pitches 25 runs I, this was embarrassing yeah. this was just a total this is what we always used to laugh about when the Cubs would go to Pittsburgh right and the Pirates would clown around and they oh the Pirates are doing their thing you know yippee everybody right that's what the Cubs did to the Reds this weekend and 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 there's no you don't feel any fire from anybody you don't feel you know, and, I, and I'm not saying that David Ross getting ejected or throwing his hat like Lou Pinella style, I'd be sitting here going, okay, cool. Now it's all cool. <laughs> yeah. But but you'd still like to see it, right? Instead, it's the same usual BS from all these guys. Like, oh, it's a long season. It was a tough series. Thought we had some good at bats, but, you know, the Reds were really seeing our pitchers. Well, it's, a, you know, it's the same bullshit, you know? Yeah. You just got the absolute piss beaten out of you by the Cincinnati Reds in your own ballpark to send you eight games under 500. Give me something from anybody in the organization. Let's see some fire, That, that uh, a little hint to everybody. Jed Hoyer saying it in a radio hint 
that that this this isn't acceptable. That's not good enough. Give me something that really demonstrates that this organization does not find this to be acceptable. And we're yeah. not going to get it. We're going to get the usual BS. We're, the to me the only <laughs> to me the representation of them taking it seriously at this point is you bring in new people to do it. I, you can scream at the manager and the players for their media uh, appearances, and God knows I do that with Jed Hoyer. But at the end of the day, like you want to be serious about this, you want to be serious about winning. Let's let's be serious because right now you're missing the mark. You have to yeah. set out to be the best, and right now, man, it is it's 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 embarrassing. I'm like almost working myself up, and again, we're in the heat of the moment, but like. Man, I'm like, I'm just done with this front office, dude. Like, it's just disappointing. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. don't like, I can't, I can't convince myself that the path forward is there. I just can't do it. I can see it. It's very different than convincing myself. And I want to get back to a point where I don't have to be convinced anymore. That's all. Yeah. That's where I'm at. It's just disappointing. Uh, it's it's a real bummer. This This whole weekend was just... Very disappointing to watch. And by the way, Jed and his media appearances, and not to go too far into it, he's that's some of the is pathetic, dude. Some of the stuff he says to the media is absolute pathetic. You know, the how he handled the the trace situation with Rizzo and everything, deflecting blame. Take responsibility, dude. Take responsibility for what's going on. And don't yeah. don't give me any of these wishy-washy answers. You 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 messed up the Wilson Contreras trade by the way, you messed up the media perception of the core trades. I'm done with this. these media appearances, man. Give me some actionable things, dude. We're, we're going to get the same thing, you know? Well, you know, we're looking at, at, at trading some players at the deadline. You know, we, we had some stuff that didn't go our way, uh, some good performances, but, you know, ultimately it's going to be the, the same. I prefer you know, he doesn't even talk to the media. Sense. Honestly, I just prefer it. Like, like, I know that's not like, oh, you need to talk to the media and everything. But like, yeah. as a fan, or whatever, just like, don't even say anything, man. Like, if you can't, if you can't just, ah, just do, do something, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Really frustrating. Um, appreciate you joining us. Uh, if you're watching uh, later on YouTube, uh, you know, appreciate you checking us out. If you're listening on your podcast app, we appreciate that and always appreciate those five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify if you can spare a moment to do so. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like I said, we were all, we were all, I think, whether we were happy about it or not, we were all like content, I think, to say, hey, like if this team could just be competitive, that'll be good enough for me. And it you looked know, as if, we if they through, were. A month sure. ago. If we if we get through June, July, August, and we're still caring about the games and they're still playing meaningful baseball, like, fine. You yeah. know, that's not that's not where I want this organization to be year in and year out, but I would take it given the last two years. And yeah. there's still some runway here, but that is not what we have gotten. And if you watch this series against the Reds and keep in mind that the Rays are coming in tomorrow, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's going to turn around anytime soon. And the soon, runway's but, not good enough. There should be no runway. Right. You should be off and going. Right. right. And as we said, you know, Jed talking to the media, our guy Ryan Herrera wrote about it. I I saw, you know, other outlets running the same type of tone of a piece where they're talking about the trade deadline. If the team doesn't turn it around quick, that's going to be the conversation again. So the runway is not as long as it it may seem. 
I I will le- kind of piggybacking on your point and what you said you wanted, Brendan. I I will leave you with Thanks. this as as we sign off. Uh, and later this evening is the finale of a, a show that Brendan and I both love. That is Succession on HBO. And I will leave you with the timeless words of the now uh, dearly departed Logan Roy. And he said this: <laughs> "It's time for a blood sacrifice." Yeah. All right, let's see some action over at 1060 West Addison because this is bogus and it's not acceptable. All right? Thank you for listening to the CHGO Cubs podcast. Brendan and I will be back with you next week. Luke and Cody should have you for pregame on Monday for the Rays pre and post. Uh, Our guy Ryan Herrera should be at the ballpark. Uh, If he's not, it's our guy Jared Willis who will be at the ballpark. Uh, Great crew. Uh, over at the CHGO Cubs team. So make sure you are checking out all of their writing at allchgo.com. And of course, the pre and post game shows on the CHGO Sports YouTube page. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you for hanging in with us uh, and listening to us talk about a very frustrating weekend for the Chicago Cubs as they get swept at home by the Cincinnati Reds. They fall to 22 and 30 on the season and sit with the worst record in the National League. Don't forget to use that code CHGO when you download the DraftKings app and sign up. We will talk to you again soon. And I don't know, I guess, go Cubs. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Oh, that, was, pause that, was, garage, that was great. Oh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs>